Well, hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan. I am your co-host, Brian Brown. We are in beautiful Music City, USA, high atop the Life High Tower. atop, top floor. In the B.B. McKinney Studios, the historic and majestic B.B. McKinney opulent. Studios. Opulent. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're opulent. B.B. wouldn't like that very much. But they're in, beautifully in ensconced. Yeah, we are ensconced. That's one That's it. All right, so Brian, yeah. we, we've got a guest today. We and, do. Uh, and our last podcast, we teased a little bit about this guest. That's right. So we have the new senior vice president. He's not new to Lifeway. Jerome You've been at Lifeway. Please. 10? Longer than like uh, 12, 13 12, years. 13. Wow. wow. It's been a minute. So I remember when you came. Wow. Low I've, these many days ago. I've been here 15. <laughs> I've been, yeah. This year's 15 for me. I'm expecting a big... You get a set of steak knives. I do. I think so. <laughs> um, so we have Michael Kelly, the Senior Vice President of Church Ministries. That's right. That is right. Here. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, Thank Michael you. Kelly. I'm right. also glad to know the name of this room that we are in. Well, well when, when <laughs> we occupy it. So, Michael, you know how whatever plane the, the, the President is on becomes, becomes Air Force Becomes Air Force One. One. That's right. right. So the Very B.B. McKinney... B.B. McKinney Historic Studios is wherever we are recording this podcast. <laughs> That's exactly it's, right. It's been Gatlinburg. It's been the third floor. It's been the old location. It's the theater of the mind. That's what we're creating here. <laughs> and inviting our, people in. our podcast audience, this happens to me and Brian, we'll be out somewhere. Yes. And they'll go, oh, I want to see the B.B. We've described the B.B. McKinney yeah. Studios. So. B.B. was the first, pre- you may know this, you know your church history, the first president of the church music department at he the was, Sunday School He's the first person to sit in my seat. Okay. There you go. 1940. It's appropriately named, what you guys have exactly. named. Exactly. B.B. McKinney. Exists historic. in the theater of the mind. Historic. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful right, so, and historic. So let's break Michael in. All right. Brian and I have made our World Series prediction. Mm. Really, this season he's and we, bragging because he won the Super Bowl thing. So yeah, now we had he a wants Super Bowl start prediction, prediction, and yeah. I, I, okay. I won pretty yeah. pretty easily. Um, <laughs> wow! So we went ahead and went out on a limb and said, "Let's." Just, I mean, spring training actually yeah. starts pitchers, today. That's right. Pitchers and catchers show up. Yep. Pitchers and catchers today. So we've said World Series. We have named who who's going to play and who we think will win the World Series. Brian and I have. So without any prep. You can give us your American League team, your National League team, and your eventual champion, and then okay. we'll we'll check it in October. Absolutely, we're going to hold you accountable. So yeah. I, I'm going to give you the winner. Oh, okay, I like it. I'll give you the winner straight out. As much as it pains me to mm. say mm. Uh, that this is the year for the Los Angeles Dodgers, mm. Mm. Uh, it was a crushing thing for our family when the, earlier this week yes. or last week when they made that trade for yeah, David Price it's and Mickey uh, uh, Betts. It's a big deal. Mer- but, are you a Red, Red Sox fan? I mean, well, we were just, I mean, you know, Mookie um, oh, yeah, Nashville went to, guy. Went to, yeah, Nashville yeah. guy. And we, it's just so much fun to watch yeah, play. And David Price, we watched him when he pitched for Vanderbilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, super cool. But we also, in our family, for, for whatever reason, have this... Uh, it's it's really like an undeserved gall when it yeah. comes to the Dodgers. Yeah. Like we ha- yeah. we just we hate we hate them. All Justin the Justin Turner's that. a fantastic uh, player, yeah. but yeah. man, we can't we right. can't stand him. Like yeah. he would, you guys, he would come up to bat and we would just we would call him like the evil dwarf. That's what he looks like, oh, wow. sort of an evil dwarf. Wow. And, um, so anyway. I I think this is their year. They've been skirting on the edge for a yeah, couple of years. I think it's going to happen. That's a good call. Who well, did you guys well, pick? All right, so he he's going analytical. Right. We went kind of heart heart. Yeah. You know what we want to see happen. 
And well, kind of. I, I wanted Braves, but that's who Mike wanted to. Yeah, so I then picked I, the Braves. I, I chose the, the Rangers on the other side of it, just to, because we can't both pick the same team. It wouldn't be any fun. Clearly, then, we are not going based on percentages. No, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. I just know Mike we're loves like, the Rangers as well. Yeah, so. I do. That's I also American love the Rangers. So we yeah. were just talking about this. The, yeah. All of us have spent time in Texas. Yep. Here's a fun fact. So my, my, son, my younger son, who is uh, uh, he's 10 years old now, and he's a big baseball fan. Um, and last year for spring break, spring break came early, and we we went to Atlanta, and it was still spring training, so we mm-hmm. couldn't go to a game in the new in the new Braves stadium. So mm-hmm. we toured the stadium. But for his birthday this year, we got tickets to the Braves home opener yeah. uh, here in a few yeah. weeks. So we'll be over there for it'll that. Be it'll be sold it'll, out. It'll, oh, it'll be You'll awesome! Love it. I love it. I've been to a, a few what, games. I've there. been to a couple of games yeah. there. They so changed this, the name now. It's Truest Park. I can't yeah. even say that. Used yeah. to be something different. Trust Mark. Yeah, but yeah. now it's Truest. It's Truest because the bank renamed. They merged. It, the and, bank. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, it's confusing. You'll, you'll still have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Michael, we really. What I want to do today, I've got a specific subject I want to talk to you about. But before we get to it, a little bit of your journey. I, I, obviously, I know about the Beeson part of your story. Right. Well, uh, you you studied preaching down there with the great Dr. Smith and mm-hmm. all the great preachers that came through that place. Um, Texas guy. Mm-hmm. So give us the short version up until your time here at Lifeway. So I uh, grew up in Texas. Uh, I, my first uh, church ministry position was at the First Baptist Church of Canyon, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the college pastor while I was a college student. Which was an interesting <laughs> way interesting. to serve. Yeah, um, and from there we, uh, uh, my wife and I, left Texas. We went to Birmingham mm-hmm. and did Divinity School, Beeson Divinity School, and was on staff with a, a ministry there that is now a part of Lifeway, but then was not. It was called Student Life, yes. and so I worked with yeah. students and directed youth camps and that kind of thing, and then uh, moved to uh, the Nashville area and was on staff again at a church uh, called Rolling Hills Community mm-hmm. Church as the youth and college pastor for a couple of years. Uh, and then uh, I, I had a season where I was trying to be uh, sort of have Bible will travel guy, ah. you know, and, yeah. and uh, be an author and, and that kind of thing. And just did that for, I don't know, 18 months, 17, yeah. 18 months. Yeah. And then Lifeway after that. Wow. So so I remember uh, sometime I have to tell you my student life connection because I've, I've got some pretty interesting ties to student life that go b- way back before my Lifeway time. It'd be interesting to talk about. So uh, you when you first came to Lifeway, and I remember when you came, I'd been here a couple of three years. You came as an editor, if I remember. Right, yeah. And, and so talk about your first responsibilities mm-hmm. here at Lifeway. I came uh, as an editor for young adult Bible studies. Yeah. And uh, so p- primarily we, we aim these at young adults and college students. And so I was on the editorial team for that mm-hmm. and then moved from there into uh, an editorial role for uh, Lifeway's general category of discipleship Bible studies that we produce. Yeah. And uh, so spent a few years there. Uh, and then uh, after that, I was I was tasked to start a new team at Lifeway to do a different kind of work, which was uh, work in the custom realm. So mm-hmm. working individually with churches to produce uh, curriculum and Bible studies and other resources specifically for them. Uh, and then from there, I moved into the role where I, I led uh, one of our adult teams that creates all of our Bible studies for adults, yeah. uh, except for women's Bible studies, and uh, and then recently here in this role. All right. So 
what B.B. McKinney is right. to the church music department. Yes. First founder. Right. This guy was for the the digital website smallgroup.com. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if any of our churches listening to this podcast might be smallgroup.com. Maybe their discipleship team is. But that you really were at the front of creating that, designing it. Yeah, yeah. Building the team that did the work yep. for it. That That's was our team. Amazing. And I can yep. only hope that someday there will be people in the theater of the mind. Yes. In the, <laughs> yes. The, yes. the Michael Kelly the Studios. Michael Kelly the small group. Studios. The opulent, uh, yes. spacious yes. Michael historic. Kelly. Historic. Historic studios, Kelly studios of the small group podcast. That, that'd be cool. That'd be exciting. So this really is a big deal uh, because last August, Life We Got a New President. That's right. Ben Mandrell. And Ben's been a guest on this podcast. Do he we has. Have, do we have him scheduled? He's coming we, back. He's coming back. So he actually told us he enjoyed doing this podcast and wanted to do it again. So we, we're going to keep him coming we in here as often we can get him. Yeah. And so, but Ben did what smart leaders do. And, you know, and you're kind of in this position now, although you're coming into this role from inside Lifeway, he came to the president role from outside Lifeway. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, if you don't know what I just said, that's a mouthful of what I just said. Uh-huh. Because when you, this place is not easy. It's not to, easy to figure to wrap out. Your yeah. brain around. Yeah. I, we have our own zip code. I tell people, yeah. Lifeway has its own zip code, mm-hmm. and that represents everything you think that could represent. Yeah. It really is its own universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and Ben came from outside, and he did what smart leaders do, and that is he didn't come in get guns a blazing. Right. And here's the twelve things we're going to change this week. I mean, he came in like I want to learn, I want to meet. He you know was very deliberate about that. But he did spend those first three or four months really getting the lay of the land and what he's dealing with, learning people. Mm-hmm. Did you know Ben before he came? No, never met him before he came. Um, but you, man, you're right in the way that you describe him. I, I do. Th- it's just it's been really, really impressive to watch uh, somebody come in from a leadership role mm-hmm. and and be humble enough just to recognize. I I so I'm leading this thing, but I have a lot to learn from yeah. uh, from the people that are here, and to see somebody who can, um, from a position of strength, be a learner yeah. Uh, yeah. of both people and processes and and resources and all the things that we do here. He's modeled that so well, yes. and uh, I remember. I mean, I had some early conversations with him, and I had met Ben. I guess I met him eight or nine years ago. He preached for us at one of our conferences, and I knew him when he was at Inglewood. Um, and, and, and so knowing him a little bit, but even just knowing him a little bit, I was, uh, I just was observing how he postured himself as I'm not here to fix anything. I'm here to lead something Uh and I want to understand what that is. So, so Ben spent those first few months getting to know people and he's not trying to fix something that's broken. And the other interesting thing that you and I can call out too, Brian, the fact that he comes at a time. When Lifeway's closing our stores. Yeah. Right. That <laughs> you know, was unbelievable. I mean, it, it, we're not coming at a time when it's going to be status quo. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just enjoy the first year as you learn the system. No, he's coming into the probably the biggest organizational shift and change in our recent history. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to come in and lead it in the middle of that. Yeah, I mean, man. it's amazing. Yeah. So after he'd been here a few weeks and months, he begins to think about, how will I want to lead this? Mm-hmm. As any leader should do, he's not trying to perpetuate what has happened. If we're going to perpetuate what 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 has happened, we wouldn't be having a new leader. So a new leader is here to lead it and to take it somewhere. 
And so he begins to put together his own strategy about how he wants to organize this place. And he just made those changes uh, effective officially just last week. Yeah. But, but operationally for a few weeks yeah, now. Yeah, for a few weeks prior. And one of those changes was creating a new organizational structure that put you at the executive level. So people don't see the sweat that just popped out on his brow. Yeah, that's right. that's, <laughs> I hey, just reminded you of that. Yeah. Let, we need to take a quick break. And when we come back from the break, we can hear a little bit more about this new organization that Ben's put in place and, Michael, your place in it. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back and talk about that. Hey, thanks for listening to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan on your favorite platform or app. We wanted to let you know that we're now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and most recently on LifeWay's own Digital Pass. You can find that at digitalpass.lifeway.com on the web or simply install the LifeWay Digital Pass app on your iOS or Android mobile device or even to your Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV. Stream or download to your favorite device and listen each week as Mike and Brian discuss different topics about music and the church. Just know that wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. We're back with Mike Harlan, the Worship Life Podcast, and our special guest, Michael Kelly. So, Mike, uh, we were going to talk a yeah, little bit so about the new organization. Just tell we've got a brand new organization, yep, and you're the right. senior vice president. So, so... You know, you're coming into this role. <laughs> well, we've already talked about your history here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you started as an editor, yeah, a youth, yeah. Uh, a student editor, a young adult editor, growing through. And uh, and I've watched this in your life. I've I've watched you develop as your leadership here at Lifeway. And and you know, so let I always think practically. How what can we want to do more than just tell our story? We uh-huh. want to make application uh-huh. to the people. So so talk about the journey of going from. Assistant editor, young adult, sure, yeah. Now senior vice president, and several stops along the way. Right. What are you weren't aspiring for that? That wasn't the goal. No, no. I mean, I. Uh, so I. There's a couple of things, maybe three, maybe four. When I start to, I <laughs> well, don't know. That kind of the same yeah, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that come to mind, but just like yeah. principles, as yeah, I, I sure. look past over the last twelve or thirteen years, uh, one is I, I think for me at least the last twelve or thirteen years have really redefined the way that I think about the call of God in someone's mm. life. And mm. it's it's not uh, – I don't know that you can place like a normative stamp on what the call of God looks like uh, on somebody's life. So just by way of example, yeah. the, the the pretty significant detail, the, the reason that I came to work at Lifeway was because um, during that period of our life, uh, our son, who is now 15 – uh, he was two years old at the time, and he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And the I had written some stuff for Lifeway, and the first guy that showed up at our uh, hospital room was uh, a man named Jim, uh, who used to work here, and he's the one that gave me the contract, and he shoved $100 in my pocket and asked mm. me if I needed a job. Wow. So I came to work at Lifeway. $400. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's called a signing bonus. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, I, was more, I was more concerned about the health wow. insurance, you know. I, so wow. I came to work at Lifeway not because I felt a, a sense of calling to work at Lifeway, but because I felt a sense of calling to take care of my son. That's mm. awesome. And this Ooh, was man. the avenue by which the Lord provided for Isn't me that to do great? it. Wow. So it, it, it has made me think differently about the call of God, that and other things that I now typically, I, I kind of think about the call of God less in terms of 
of doing something and more in terms of being something, that the Lord primarily mm-hmm. calls us to be something. Mm-hmm. And as we're being whatever that thing is, that the things that we do kind of ebb and flow and shape over the course of, over so the, course of the year. That's true. That's good. Um, so that's one thing that's been helpful. I mean, another thing I think is just, you know, the, the, uh, the Lord, uh, I think, by and large, wants us to grow where we're planted. Like there's just power in longevity. Yeah. And whether that means in the community that you're in or the, the church that you're in or the organization that you're a part of, you can you can grow where you're you can really grow where you're planted. It's and it's not to say the Lord won't open up other opportunities and and at, at points it might be live, you know, the right thing to leave one of those places. But at least when I look back over the course of our lives, it, it feels like, you know, we, we've done our best to be faithful where we're at. And the Lord has given opportunities to continue to grow, mm. uh, to continue to grow where we are. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are a couple of things. I can really relate to what you were talking about, sense of calling. When I when I was fifteen years ago, fifteen years old, which was uh, more than fifteen well, years thank ago. Thank you, Brian. You can, <laughs> Tim, can you turn his mic off because we don't really need him for this part of the conversation? Um, I, I, I would have told you, I would have been very sure of what God had called me to do. It right. Been, it would have been very specific. God and, has called me to do this. And would you have thought about it in terms of vocation? Absolutely, yeah. I would have. I'm yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. a minister of music and youth at a county seat, First Baptist Church. Yep. That would have been what I would have said at 15 or 16. It was what was in my mind. It's what I felt called to. It's what I went to college to do. All those things. Uh, the journey has been different than that. Mm-hmm. And and I actually, one of the, a real epiphany for me was in one of the ministry moves we made years ago, um, I, this church was asking me to do something. It was an expanded opportunity. It was in a bigger ministry. It was in, you know, it was all these things, and you'd get to lead an orchestra every week and all these things. And so, and as I prayed through it, I never could get clarity from the Lord. Yes, do it. No, don't do it. All I ever got back from the Lord was, "What do you want to do?" Huh? And and then as I continued to pray through that unaudible, inaudible conversation with God. The answer I would get back from him is, I'm going to bless you either way. There's uh-huh. no wrong answer. You can stay. You can go. Follow your heart. I'm with you. And the liberation of that. Yeah. And, and when I came to Lifeway, I had that experience yeah. of like, if you want to do that, man, I'm I'm right there with you. Man, I feel like. Yeah, isn't that something? It is. And I, I don't yeah. know that a lot of us think about God's calling. Like when we think about God's calling, for some reason, I think most of us tend to think the call of God is going to be to something that we don't want to do. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's right. he's going to drag me kicking and screaming mm-hmm. to, to go. And maybe that's just because we've heard it. Descri- I guess it could be like that it for could, some yeah, people. I suppose. But boy, you run across. You run across Jesus saying, you know, we, the Lord really does know how to give good gifts yeah. to his children yeah. uh, better than you do, yeah. in fact. Uh, so it it really does make sense yeah. that we would actually want to and enjoy many of the things that he that he calls us to do. That's amazing. I, the Scott Wesley Brown song comes to mind. It's That's too old for you guys. You know the one song I'm talking about? Scott Wesley Brown had this song years ago called Please Don't Send Me to Africa. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Look that one up. and I mean, it's a hilarious song, but please don't send me to Africa. This guy's coming before the Lord, surrendering his life, but please don't send me to Africa. So, Michael, um, as I've watched your journey, what I've seen in your life is a real sense of, of a responsibility that you have expressed of being a disciple maker. 
discipleship. As a matter of fact, for one of the seasons here at Lifeway, you were director of discipleship. That's right. You had that title. Uh, so I want to I want to pull you into the music thing right okay. now. And by the way, last summer some of you are going. I've heard that guy talk before. <laughs> Who is he? Well, Michael, you spoke at our That's conference right. last summer in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could get you to tell your your. Um, your, the your lumber, story the about the lumberjack yeah, though, but that's the classic. We don't have that's another time. podcast. Need to find another take. podcast. Get the digital pass to last year's worship life yes. just for that story yes. that he <laughs> shared in a sermon. But um, talk to me a little bit from your standpoint. You've been a college pastor. Yep. You've been a uh, a student um, leader. You're you're a wonderful preacher. You've been on church staff. Where does the music thing, the worship thing, fit into the discipleship process? I mean, as a discipleship guy, yeah. how, do you, how do you think about music? I know how I think about yeah. it. How do you think about it? I mean, I tend to think about worship as both uh, an expression and a means of discipleship. So it's an expression of discipleship because, you know, a, a someone who is a disciple of Jesus worships. Like, it is one of the things that mm-hmm. they do. But but worship, particularly musical worship, um, which is kind of what we're talking about here, I think also is a wonderful means of discipleship. And it has been, I think, historically in the church. Sure. Uh, like you don't have to go back too far in history to where the majority of people who are members of church, churches are not educated, many times illiterate. And so the greatest teaching tools that we had at our disposal during those days were were songs. Absolutely. And I think that's intentional on the part of the Lord because the Lord has, I mean, it's in our DNA to connect with music at a different level than we connect really with anything else. It's true. So music has a, a really unique ability, I think, to bridge the gap between the heart and the and the head. So if that's true, man, there's all kinds of implications about discipleship and worship and how they fit together. Um, just Just to call out a couple of them, one of them ought to be that we ought to be not just a little, but we ought to be very, very concerned about what we are singing. Mm-hmm. Because many times what we are singing is going to lodge its way into our hearts and our, our heads more readily and easily than what we're hearing preached. Yep. So true. Um, it's, and it's going it's it's to stick. stick there. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we will call upon yep. time and time again when we need foundational theological uh, truths. We'll, yeah. we'll go back to the music. So it's it's really really important, but also I think it's really really important from a a mutual perspective. Uh, so dis- discipleship, I think, by its very nature, is not a solo endeavor, right? It's yeah. it really is meant to be a community thing that we that we go together. So, I mean. The ideal situation in a church is that if, if you went to a, uh, a church member and you said, hey, who's responsible for discipleship in this congregation? What you want is for that person to say, well, we are. We are. We, like, all, we are. all are. Yeah. yeah, That's what we do. We are discipling each other as a congregation. Yeah. And one of the ways that we're doing that, honestly, is that we are singing together. Yep. So a, another implication would be to make sure that what, what we're really doing here is congregational in nature, like the, our worship is truly congregational, mm-hmm. so that it's one of the means by which we can really help each other grow That's in good stuff. I, I, you know, these are a lot of the things that we talk about a lot when we talk to worship leaders. I, I don't know when I first made this observation. I may have read it in a book. I don't remember if it's a quote or whatever, mm-hmm. but I, re, I realized years ago that that I tended to pray what I was singing. 
Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And what I was reading in Scripture and what I was singing in the songs I sang. Yeah. That they tended, those phrases, those ideas, the concepts would come up in my prayer life. And then I, as I reflected on that, I began to think about, well, wouldn't the book of Psalms been like that? It's yeah. a book of songs yeah. and prayers. Yeah. And, and as they sang them, as they recited them, as they heard them sung, uh, there were choirs. I mean, you look at those superscriptions, you know, these are addressed to the choir director that there's a choir director, there's a choir somewhere, mm-hmm. they're singing. Mm-hmm. There's, so some of these songs are sung over the people, some are sung together, some are recited. But I found that the connection between what I was praying and what I was singing was pretty direct. Mm-hmm. So, and for so, Jesus, his ministry on earth, how, how often he quoted the Psalms, sure. and even on the cross. Most, quote, most often yeah. book he quoted. Yeah. So, so you look at that and as a worship pastor, I remember years ago when I realized that I went, you know, what we're singing, what what I'm choosing, and what we're planning and programming and teaching our people in songs, are what our people are going to be praying in their personal prayer lives. Wow! And I began to feel the responsibility of that's the right word. That's uh, it's yeah. the weight. Ooh, you start to gosh. feel the weight of what that is. So right? if all of my songs that I'm singing now will start preaching. Yeah. If everything we're singing is just about how I feel about him, yeah. think about the impact I'm having on the prayer lives uh-huh. of the people that, that are in, in my care as a shepherd that's planning worship and leading it. Uh, wow. I mean, that's that's something that's a big responsibility it is. To, to, to give thought to. Man, another way to look at it might be you think about like uh, in terms of a funeral. Mm. I mean, I. I'm not sure that this is true for everybody, but I, I think about the funerals that, that I've been really, really close to mm-hmm. and how much time and energy people invest in trying to choose the music for the funeral. Yeah, um, It's at least as important on that day than the than the preaching is, I think, yeah. in people's in people's they hearts. They do remember it for no, no question about it. Yeah, they yep. really, really do. They really, really do. I just uh, I, I wrote a, a blog post that has not come out yet. It's still a, a draft, but the blog post was called uh, f- uh, it was like four songs for the burdened soul. Hmm. Um, and so I went back and just started looking at these classic hymns of the faith. And I hadn't looked at it through the perspective of what you just said, Mike. But in going back and looking at, at those and thinking about those now, they really are God-focused. Mm. That's really what the burdened soul means. Yeah. It's not just to be a, a f- like some form of self-expression. It's a refocusing of our attention off of our burdens, off yeah. of ourselves, which is what you get through, yeah, through exactly. God-centered, Christ-centered music. Yeah, that vernacular, that that that, and I mean this in the best sense of this word, that church speak or the spiritual speak, mm-hmm. my, my language, my vocabulary spiritually mm-hmm. is being built with the songs that yeah. I sing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, the concepts are being built by what I'm singing. And Michael, it's interesting you mentioned that you've got a blog coming about that. I remember it was right before Christmas time. You were blogging uh, yeah, with, yeah. From, with Christmas carols. Yeah. I, I, tell us your blog name because people need to need to know how to yeah. find you. It's, yeah. it's just Michael Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y dot C-O. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I follow you and I, I read your blog. And you very often are calling out those song 
phrases and those titles, and I'll look forward to reading that one. Yeah, Mike and Michael, we need to wrap this session up, but I want our listeners to know we're going to come back with another podcast. It'll be Michael Kelly Part 2, and we're going to delve a little bit more into not can only— I tell a, uh, Yeah, go can ahead. Can I tell a funny story? Please. So Please there was this, there was this guy that they had, a, had a person pass away in their church, and they came, came to him and said, we've got a song that we really want sung at the funeral. <laughs> and uh, and and they said uh, he said well I have, I'll sing the song what is it he said jingle bells jingle bells yeah are you odd, sure jingle bells jingle bells are <laughs> you sure and the person was really conflicted he's like I don't know if I can sing was jingle this bells Santa Claus's funeral well I mean no it's like I don't know but that's what oh. they ask and I told him I'd sing what they wanted in the jingle bells so he goes out and he does the funeral and he gets up and sings a very pensive. Uh, more reflective version yes. of Jingle Bells. Yeah, you to slow it down. Funeral appropriate. Right. Minor and, key. And, right. and, he, <laughs> and, he, and he noticed that while he was singing it, the family seemed shocked and stunned. And after the service, one of them came up and said, we, we meant when they ring those golden bells. Oh. <laughs> Different title. And my other favorite, my favorite, fun- you'll terrible. like this, Michael. My favorite funeral story, one of my favorites, and I can't call out the church, but because, and when I tell stories, the, the problem is people out there that know yeah. me right. know yeah. what church I'm sure. talking about. Right. So this was a church long time ago. It was in on Mars, actually, Okay. Um, where the, a family that I did not know very well, had their loved one had passed away. Dad had passed away. I'd never met him, but they were just kind of on the margins of our church in terms of their involvement. So I didn't really know the family. But I'm the music guy, so we're going to get him to sing. And they asked me to sing, and they wanted me to sing because their dad was a soul winner. That was mm-hmm. what they kept talking about. It was a soul winner. And, uh, and they want me to sing Set My Soul Afire, Lord, which, by the way, is a great gospel hymn. Set My Soul Afire, Lord. It's yes. a great old gospel revival mm-hmm. hymn about sharing your faith for your holy word and let me sh- so they and could you sing set my soul afire lord and i said man i'd love to do it. i love that old hymn i'll do it but what they did not tell me and when i walked out to sing it i was standing behind an urn he had been cremated <laughs> wow <laughs> wow that is not true wow. it's true and i said my soul afire set my yes. soul afire at a man's funeral who had been cremated. And me along with him. Absolutely. So anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, write us with your stories. We're, sh- we're sure you've got them, and we could use them at the Lifeway Worship blog, if nothing else. Uh, when you email us, worship at lifeway.com to tell us topics you'd like us to discuss, feel free to drop in your favorite funeral memory uh, or maybe bulletin mistake or other uh, thing that you'd like us to know. As always, on a serious note, we'd like for you to tell us how to pray for you. We get together as a team here at Lifeway Worship, and we do that. We want to know how to pray for you and your church specifically. And we'd also like to know guests and topics that you'd like to have discussed. You can also join us at worshiplife.com. You can find the blogs there, the podcast. You can find out about our great Worship Life events that we were talking about. And as I said, we're going to come back in our next podcast with part two with our new leader, our new Senior Vice President, Michael Kelly. Until next time for the Worship Life podcast with Mike Harlan, this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us on the Worship Life podcast. And we'll be back together to talk about worship and music in ministry very soon.